I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I, I mean, I've said, I think I've said this before. I feel like I'm, I'm just like a broken record. But there's definitely Pokemon in these lower tiers that are incredibly viable. And now, coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Pucko Podcast! It's Pucko! Pucko! It's Pucko! Pucko! Pokemon Underground Champions League, oh yeah. Let's go! Grab your friends, it's that time again. Listen to the show with the phone never ends. It's Pucko. Pucko! And welcome to the 362nd episode of the Puckle Podcast. I am your host, Trainer Thatch, here today with my dancing flamingo dancer of a a podcast host. I have Dr. Shamu. Hello. Uh, his his image is a Oracorio, the uh, red one, so it looks like a flamenco dancer. And then, of course, I have the greatest co-host that I have to vacuum up after. It is the fluffiest Whimsicott. That just sounds so wrong, considering the amount of times I've stayed at your house. That's so but, true. Hi. It's always clean when you leave, so... <laughs> I'm not. I'm not too worried about that. No, I, I mean, I don't mean it as a rude thing. I mean it as you're a Whimsicott and you like leave fl- cotton balls all over the place. I know. I was just trying to be difficult. Uh, of course. Okay. Welcome to the Puckle Podcast. Puckle, of course, standing for the Pokemon Underground Champions League, uh, a name that we came up with in 2007 by we, I mean myself. And of course, this is your podcast, so your one-stop shop for everything Pokemon, from the trading card game to the video game to Pokemon Duel, that game that still exists and gets updates, but I don't know anybody that plays. Joe Merrick. I believe Joe well, Merrick only plays so that he can update Serebii. That still means he has to play. I believe that Joe Merrick is somewhat OCD, and he he would lose his mind if he did not have a complete data set on every single Pokemon game on his website. I At believe point, you're right. I would, I would agree as well. <laughs> Absolutely, you are right. Bless him for that, and I know that sometimes he hates his life because of that. Oh, absolutely. Like, I understand entirely. I I really do understand. Like, if I miss a week of podcasting, I do feel, like, awful about it, and it just, it eats at me. And so I I completely get it, Joe, because I know you've listened. He doesn't. He does not listen, but it's fine. Even at this point, I I would feel the same way at this point if I had that much done already. Mm -hmm. Like, 
I've got all the stuff already on here, and now I don't have this new game. Like, I would have that exact same feeling. Yep. Like, I had yep. to have this done. We got to buy the game at launch, and we got to play the game. It's got to be a thing. All right? And <laughs> it's all, all of the good stuff. Well... Uh, well, Pokemon Duel actually came out with like new figures. I really, I'm really depressed that the trading figure game didn't take off physically. By the way, like mm. it does make me really sad because the trading figure game when it came out was cool. That was like right in my heyday, like right before I started playing or started making Puckle as a podcast back in like 2006, 2007 is when the trading figure game came out and then was quickly like forgotten. <laughs> I would like to point out that this is actually a good thing for you. Like, I mean, look at your Amiibo collection. Oh yeah. No, you're, you're and- exactly right. This is, this is real. It would have been real bad. I would have been buying them like TCG cards and it would have been real bad. But at the to be fair, there are fewer of them than TCG cards. In each set, because like a, the game didn't take off. Well, okay. So even in their sets, like their quote unquote sets, because they did have like three sets that came out in the US, there were only like 20 figures per set. It wasn't yeah, that bad. So, I mean, it there's only like 60 been. figures out there in the wild. So if anybody's just like, man, I don't know what to get that for Christmas, I know what you can get me for Christmas now. Duly noted. Yeah, I'm kidding. Don't buy me those. Please don't. I have no room it's to too buy late. It's too, <laughs> too late. Too late. I already bought them all. <laughs> I already owned half of them. Oh, God. No, uh, I don't. Well, how how have you guys been as of late? I guess we'll jump right into that. How you guys been? Uh, not bad. How, how's Pokemon going for you, Dr. Shamu? I don't think I've done anything Pokemon other than PTU. Other than PTU? That's fair. So for those of you who are unaware, there is a PTU Patreon exclusive podcast you guys can go listen to over at patreon.com slash buckle podcast. Shameless plug. All it takes is a dollar and it's all yours. It's in your ear holes. You can go listen to it. It will become public at some point. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to say I'm holding it hostage, but it would be it might it might it may or may not correspond to the number of iTunes reviews we get in the near future. <laughs> so you're saying you will hold snag hostage, but not a podcast. Well, I did, um, but <laughs> or Linian hostage, but not a podcast. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, I might hold Linian hostage, but not the podcast itself. But, no, I mean, you did hold Snag oh, yeah. hostage in a closet for iTunes yep. reviews for like six months. Yeah, so. well, this one I don't need as many. I literally only want eight because we're only eight short of 300. Ooh. Like, we're not that far off from having 300 iTunes reviews. So I understand not a lot of people are uh, listening to the show on iTunes anymore uh, from our statistics, but I know there are still people doing it. So if you get a chance, if you're on Apple Podcasts, drop us a review. We'd really appreciate it. So just do that. Let other people know you like Puckle. And then maybe you'll get a PTU podcast that comes out, maybe, uh, for free. But of course, Patreon will always get like they'll be like a couple months ahead, probably. In terms At of this content, point, yeah. Probably. In terms of content, they'll probably be a couple months ahead on on Patreon. Just a heads up. Uh, all right. The, how about you, Whimsicott? What have you been up to? Ooh, I feel like every time I've been on the show lately, the answer has been working. Yeah, and that sounds right. That's still true, but I want to change it up. So. <laughs> I have been house hunting Ooh. and I have, this is I, like, I guess I should have led with this. Like it's supposed to be interesting. I have played Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah. For like 10 minutes <laughs> and it's cute. 
I could not for the life of me manage to high five my Eevee oh. with the Pokeball Go Plus. I don't know if the demo is buggy or if I just suck. It's probably the letter, but whatever. It, it takes skill. Exactly. <laughs> a very skillful maneuver which, to do. Which is like, it's a game for little children. They're even more uncoordinated than I am. This is cruel, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have been playing a lot of Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> and I have been, I've been playing Pokemon White, actually. I, I decided to just play it, not Nuzlocke it, which helps because the amount of free time I have does not do for a Nuzlocke, especially if like 70% of the time is occupied by Zelda, but okay. And (laughs) no, I have found a new appreciation for some Pokemon like Tepig and Blitzel. And yeah, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's a really good game. I think it's actually in it, a lot of those older games. I feel like there's just always a time where I'm just like, yeah, it's been long enough, and I can pick them up and I can just replay them and completely enjoy them. Uh, not exactly. as if they were new exactly, but it's almost as if they were new. Plus, fun fact: when I played Gen Five, I played Pokemon Black, and now I'm playing Pokemon White, and of course, I have to have a whimsicott, so I had to use the in-game trade. And I never knew this until now. Do you know what the nickname of the cottony you can trade for in Pokemon White is? No. Is it Fluffy? It's Fluffy! Yeah. <laughs> fluffy with two E's at the end and I had to have it. That's too perfect. Oh my gosh. Right? Oh my gosh. I've been in content overdrive mode this week because uh, because we've decided to start doing commentaries on the videos for the WWTC. Mostly as like a dry run for future tournaments because i really have big plans for the tournament circuit uh in 2019 and i hope they can come to fruition if not it'll be like halfway there and it'll still be cool and i so these videos have been pretty cool they've been fun to edit i'm hoping to get some more people on the train with me on the edit train and we'll get some more out to you but if you haven't already go check out our youtube go subscribe to it puckle podcast on youtube or we have content i'm trying to do a video a day like it's really rough but i think it's doable I'm trying to shoot for like five, six videos a week. It's kind of the goal. And honestly, like the videos, I'm not just saying it because like, you know, I'm here and I'm I'm part of the group of people who do the podcast, but they're really enjoyable. I love them. Yeah, just go and do that. I mean, we're trying to get um, we're trying to get our partnership back because YouTube changed things. For those of you unaware of the like content creation community. So we used to be YouTube partners last year. Because YouTube used to set its partnership guidelines as having 10,000 lifetime channel views. And it turned out that just over the years, Puckle's YouTube posting like random videos finally got or actually had 10,000 lifetime views. So we became partners. It's really nice. We can make a little extra money. We weren't doing it fast. Like you need to have $100 to pull it out. And I think we made like 15 before they killed us. Um, but in February, because there was a lot of controversy on YouTube or controversy, not controversy. Uh, this isn't Hershey, Pennsylvania or anything, but they had to change the partner guidelines and that meant kicking out the old partners that didn't follow the new guidelines. And so the new guidelines require that we have a thousand subscribers. I think right now we're at 540 ish. And, um, it, so we need a thousand subscribers. We're, we're more than halfway there. 
and then you also need to have an insane number of watch minutes. By insane, it's uh, 4,000 hours of watch minutes in a year, or watch time in a year. 4,000 hours, which works out to 240,000 watch minutes a year, which works out, if you actually do all of the day math, something roughly around 650 minutes a day, which isn't terrible. Though, if we want to get partnerships sooner, we'd need to have higher numbers than that. And right now, I think we're at something like, uh, what is it? We're probably doing about 500 minutes a day right now, um, just with the new videos. So if you guys are interested, do that. Or if you want to like catch the podcast on YouTube, I don't say this enough, but the podcast is on YouTube. It is available there as well in all of its glory. Mm. But I, I should stop self-promoting. I feel really bad when I do that. And we'll kick it on over to the news because there's a lot of exciting stuff this week. So cue that epic music. <laughs> Radio Tower. This just in. And on to the news. That was a really <laughs> like excited. excited like news. And I'm not that excited about this. There isn't that much. And so uh, if you play Pokemon Go, what a week for you, as is every news segment nowadays. So if you play Pokemon Go, next community day was announced to be Cyndaquil. What? October October 10th, or not in October, November 10th at the normal time. That's a Sunday. For those of you in America, uh, the day after, uh, the day, oh wait, no, that's a Saturday. Never mind. That's a Saturday. November 10th is a Saturday. I am incorrect because the 12th is the Monday and I get the Monday off because it's Veterans Day in the US. And oh. yeah, isn't that nice? Working for the government for the win. And so uh, if you want to go catch Shiny Cyndaquil and probably get a Typhlosion with Blast Burn, you can go ahead and do that. On November 10th, it'll be taking place at the usual times, usual places. Have fun. Also in Pokemon Go, even though we got Gen 4 released, we got even more Gen 4 released with this Halloween event that's going on until this Wednesday. Lots of ghost and dark type Pokemon are popping up. It's a good time to finish up your ghost type medal, by the way, if you haven't already done that. Um, and dark type, I guess, as well. But I got that because Murkrow was everywhere when Murkrow came out. And Oh, yeah, Murkrow. Yeah, right. And so, but Stunky, Drifloon... Uh, which can be shiny. Giratina is a tier 5 raid boss, and there's also special research until Wednesday that will go away. It will go away to get Spiritomb. So definitely try to get that while you can. Catch it while you I can. I mean, it doesn't go is, away. Like, it doesn't go away? If you start it, it doesn't go away. Mm. But if you, like, if you start playing Go next week, you'll never see it again. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a really cool piece of... Uh, it's really cool. It's the only way to get uh, Spiritomb and it's got a bunch of references to 108 which I thought was really cute because yeah. Spiritomb has a lot to do with 108 for those of you uninitiated uh, I would just say go explore that for yourselves the best part is why does the first step of the research give me an encounter that's Lickitung it's because Lickitung's Pokedex number, number is, is 108. 108 yep <laughs> that's so cute they put all of the Easter eggs in there. That's the one thing. Like at least, at least Niantic gets really meta about things. Granted, I read recently that they have a lot of stuff wrong in the metadata for Gen Four. There's just so they many did. things wrong. Um, first they of all, corrected it, yeah. Well, first Luxio was popping out of eggs instead of Shinx. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing that was in the metadata, I'm not sure if it's been fixed yet, was Fion evolves into Manaphy with 50 Fion candy. Oh gosh. 
I, I think they fixed all of it because as soon as the metadata got out, like people were raging on Reddit. I couldn't believe it. Like so. that's a lot of mistakes, and I can understand why because Gen Four is a lot where people dropped off. I mean, I know a lot of people dropped over on Gen Four, and I could see like the staff of Niantic being like real big Pokemon players until Gen Three, and then just not in Gen Four. I mean, they also got a ton of staff that's just programmers and mm-hmm. not necessarily people who have played Pokemon before. So that's absolutely true. And all right, and, okay, moving on though, more more fun news, and I think probably the biggest piece of news this week is that Mel Metal was announced. Because we saw this trailer for Meltan a couple weeks ago, where Meltan appeared to evolve or merge with more Meltan, it is confirmed that Mel Metal is the evolution of Meltan. However, and this is really weird, and I want to know how they're going to fix this in 2019 because they will make a way that you can catch uh, Mel Metal in like the mainline games without Pokemon Go. But right now, mm-hmm. the only way to evolve Meltan into Mel Metal is to evolve it in Pokemon Go. And, the, and yes. to evolve it in Pokemon and- Go, it requires 400 Meltan candy. I have things to say about this. Go ahead. Which is Melton is made of molten metal and it absorbs metal around it. And in order to evolve it, you have to have 400 Melton candies, which you get by essentially grinding up other Melton, which means that in order to evolve, Melton is a cannibal. Well, okay, like, so you don't need to grind that. up the Meltan. You don't need to grind up the Meltan. You catch them, you get three to six candy, depending on the pineapple. You don't even need to dump them all and get them grinded up into candy. But the lore essentially says that this is a representation of the fact that, like, have you seen the trailer? There's yeah. like 100 Meltan, and mm-hmm. then suddenly there's only one Melmetal. Oh, no, it so definitely one just Melton came out them. on top. Well, if you do the awesome simple math, catching one is three transferring it's one so each one is technically four at the total of 100 extra meltan yeah which could then also be if we're going with zygarde numbers oh. you never know, they might death 100 right there they could do something like that i think it's really exactly. interesting it breaks a lot of conventions one that so meltan is a mythical pokemon but he is the first mythical pokemon that evolves which is really interesting Melmetal also yeah. seems like a very interesting pokemon in and of itself just because we saw the base hp in the trailer and if you do the calculations, assuming it's at zero IVs or zero EVs and 31 IVs, it's got, I think, calculated a base HP of possibly 120. Oh, Wait. well, that kind of makes sense. In a oh, way. yeah. It looks like he's going to be yeah. a bulky boy. All it's right. It might be much physical because we have one move announced, too. I think he's just going to be a better attacking Registeel, honestly. It'll probably be a little like more physical defense, not especially defensive. Yeah. Yeah, and then much more offensive. Like I think it'll be a more offensive, physically physically offensive Registeel. Yeah, bro. I agree. It with seems that. most likely he's got an exclusive hit in. I believe it's called Double Iron Bash, and yeah. it also has a chance to flinch. It's like it's like Gear Grind, I think, but flinch. Yeah, but with cross flinch. with Iron Head. Oh. Yeah, the double hitting. Yeah. Essentially, if this thing gets autonomized, it's going to Ubers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, oh, it'd be probably, gross. Yeah, it would be gross. But yeah, Mel Metal is interesting. It is just breaking all of the conventions. I don't know what conventions are left to be broken. 
They, exactly. They, they've just <laughs> broken every convention that's ever existed in the past. I, I would honestly say since like the end of Gen 6. Even then, I would even say with Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, it started because we got Pokemon that were only available in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire that weren't available in um, X and Y due to the extra Mega Evolutions. Yeah, and, and the forms like Hoopum Bound. Yeah, and so that... I mean, to be fair, I've seen forms happen before. Like Platinum had that, but... In terms of just having a significant number of Pokemon unavailable in a previous game in the same generation, Gen 7's been really good about it. <laughs> like, they're just like, yeah, we're running with this. Yeah, Platinum had Shaming uh, Skyform, but... And Orange like, and if you Garatina. Shaming Skyform, you could still, like, take it in a battle with mm-hmm. Diamond and Pearl, right? Yeah, I believe so. It just wouldn't show up that way, but it would still have the effect of oh, typing and stuff, I think. Okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, so, there were some issues. There were some issues with it, but I know, like, you could have Origin Form Giratina and battle somebody from Diamond and Pearl with Origin Form Giratina, and it, they wouldn't. It wouldn't show up as Origin Form, but it would still have the stats of Origin Form. And I think exactly. that kind so of stems back little- to the code when they did like Deoxys, um, because Deoxys mm-hmm. originally in Ruby and Sapphire only had one form. Yeah, and then in Red, Leaf Green, and Emerald got the others. You got the other forms, and so. With that, I think it really it really starts to open things up um, because yeah. you can still battle each other with Deoxys at that point. It just wouldn't show up as this specific sprite for that game in that game. It's really weird. Uh, I it was back when they didn't know what they were doing with Pokemon, and that's fine. I I still don't think they actually know what they're doing. They're just having fun. But I think that's everything in the news. Uh, uh, oh wait, oh, almost. Nope. Yep, you're right. If for those of you who haven't gotten Pokemon Bank yet or haven't checked your Pokemon Bank, you can currently get. Decidueye, Incineroar, and Primarina with their hidden abilities until Wednesday. Um, the only one that really matters in that one for you is Incineroar. The rest of them yep. don't matter. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, no. Primarina is not terrible. In, because in, in, in VGC, uh, like um, a liquid, liquid Voice, Hyper Voice isn't bad. Uh, yeah, okay. I can see that. I can see that. It's that's not about great, it. but it's not bad either. I like can say VGC. that's about it. <laughs> there's there's one more thing though, and it's like, you know how we made you spend forty dollars on a Pokemon Go Plus, and now we're making you spend even more money on a glorified Pokeball Pokemon Go Plus that's also a Pokeball and a Joy-Con. Well, now half of the functionality of that is moot because really? <laughs> Pokemon Go is introducing Adventure Sync. Oh God! Which essentially counts your steps. It syncs with your Google Fit and Apple Help. And yeah, like half the reason you got the Pokemon Go Plus is about to be gone. Great. Good times. Good job, Niantic. Right? You're doing doing good things. Oh, also, final piece of Pokemon Go news, because we can't have enough Pokemon Go news. Shedninja is going to be showing up in the special research breakthrough starting as of November 1st. And so if you want Shedninja, this is the only way to get him. Next next week, next month, uh, you can go get your Shedninja. Honestly, I'm okay with it. Legendary birds, legendary dogs, Shedinja. Well, I knew it was going to be something weird because after they had done the legendary uh, birds, they did Snorlax. Mm. And uh, and then I'm just like, okay, so we're not getting like Lugia and Ho-Oh. Not yet, at least. Uh, no, they're going to do something honestly, else. Honestly, like Shedinja, it's, it's, it's hilarious. I don't know why. I'm okay with that. I, I, I do expect us to see probably Lugia and Ho-Oh in the future. But I do think they'll give us the Reggies first. But the Reggies just came out of cycle. 
And I don't I don't think it's I think it's a little too soon for them. Hopefully they keep doing the legendaries because that's really the big thing for the research for me personally. I think the one thing that might get me back into go is if they do a Reggie Rock research, just so I can guarantee <laughs> myself to get that. A Chaco Rocco. Yes. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's where we're going to end it, guys. And we're going to kick it on over to uh, Puckle's Poke Quiz, where we're going to quiz your co-hosts on their innate Pokemon knowledge. Welcome to Puckle's Poke Quiz, the part of the show where we're going to quiz your co-host on their innate Pokemon knowledge. Shamu and Whimsicott are operating as a team today to get points to, uh, what is it? They're going to get points such that they can compete against the other co-hosts. It is a race to 30 points. Whoever gets there gets a $20 credit to PokemonCenter.com because Basket is particular. (laughs) There will be five questions, each worth one point apiece. One of the questions will include a bonus point for them to grab it six points and then if they will have one hint they can use as a lifeline throughout the questioning and then if they get all the questions correct without using it they can cash it in for a seventh point for a possible total of seven so if you guys are ready today i've got a lot of user submitted questions if you if you are so inclined i guess, I guess we'll have to be so this question comes from sparky and we were actually just talking about this offline in the uh, mod chat a few weeks ago so I think you guys should be able to get this one. Um, so he's going to be asking you about three moves in particular. And if you list all three moves, you get the point. So how many flying type moves does Whimsicott learn by level up in Gen 7? Well, just give me the number. That's fine. Gust, Hurricane are by level up. Then it yeah, gets Defog by Tutor. And it gets Tailwind as an egg move i i don't think tailwind is tailwind by level up mm. i don't know offhand i don't think it's by level up uh it's three moved by level up you said yeah it says he says level up let me double check to make sure he wasn't mistaken um but uh no it is by level up look at that um hmm. yeah it's got four total or five you c- if you count hidden power flying. Yes, yes, yes. So those are the, so one of those one of those moves you think is not a not a level up move is a level up move. So it, it learns defog then though. It, defog is not by level up. But, defog no, so, is so by tailwind. Then. Sure. tailwind say, might be by level up, so it would be. I free. can see that because I think it. I have a feeling it does for some reason, but I'm not. Like I, I feel like so, it does too. Yeah, I think it's answer? Gust, Hurricane, and Tailwind. Yeah, agreed. That is correct. It is Gust, Hurricane, and Tailwind. He does also get uh, defog through Move Tutor, but yes, those are the flying type moves that Whimsicott gets. Uh, <laughs> that's for all the meme. That is one point for you guys today. We're going to move on to question number two from none other than Shira. So Shira wants to know when I can find the DM. What Pokemon can devolve according to its gold Pokedex entry? A Slowpoke. A Slowbro. Uh, if the Shelter lets go, right? That sounds about right. The only thing I could think of that would make sense for that. Yeah. That is correct. Slowpoke can devolve according to its gold Pokedex entry. 
because shelter can just l- let go and then the slow bro becomes a sl- sh- slow poke that's weird it's something uh <laughs> yeah it's a thing. all right so next question this one comes from lydian and i actually really like this one and this one's for you guys so i want to know because halloween's coming up this week what is the first ghost type pokemon to come in the national decks ghastly and from top to like just the numerically yeah it's numerically. just ghastly because yeah. there's only three ghost type pokemon in in generation one and they're so in a, a, family so it has to be ghastly in national decks that, order that yeah in national ghost decks order. or a pokemon that is part ghost type it can be it can be part ghost type Partial, yeah. okay yeah. i think it's I'll say ghastly. I just want to make sure. I'm just trying to... Wait. No. Marowak. Uh, Alola oh, Marowak. Marowak. Does Marowak come before ghastly? Because in technically Dex? Marowak and Alola Marowak are the same Pokedex number. I know they are, but I thought Cuban and Marowak like a, after like, ghastly. Is it? I, look, the thing is, if they're asking the question, it means it's not ghastly because it's too obvious. So exactly. you're right. It has to be that's Marowak. Like, that's, that's what I'm thinking too. Like, <laughs> they wouldn't do... Ghastly, I think, is like 100. It's, it's close to 100. 100 is Voltorb. Well, I think it is 100, but it's close to that number. Exactly. I, know I know it's not like 50 or anything like that. It's higher up. Yeah, and I think Marowak might be like 80-something. So I think you're right. Yeah. Exactly. Let's go with that. Let's go with a little marrow. And we'll get stumped and then we'll just hate ourselves for this. But yeah, I mean, no. at least at least we thought about it. Yeah. You thought about it. So I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the point um, on Marowak because that is a real out of the box solution, and also what Linian gave me as the solution. I should have double checked him uh, because it is ghastly. The answer yeah. is in fact ghastly because National Dex number ninety two is ghastly, but oh. National Dex number one hundred five is Marowak. Ah, so they're pretty close. Um, I would I, I'm going to give you the point, though, because that's why he asked the question. That was the intent uh, to get you to say a lowland Marowak. <laughs> so mm-hmm. good enough for me, because I, I recently replayed that name every Gen 1 Pokemon in under 12 minutes game. Yeah. And I was pretty sure that Ghastly is not that far into the Pokedex. No, it's only 92. <laughs> And it's still close to 100, though. It's close That's to 100. Yeah, yep. you're right. All right. So next question is your two-parter. You guys are three for three right now because Thatch is a kind god. And so this is your bonus point question. This one also comes from Linian. And we're we're talking about dex numbers again because uh, something, something, Thatch and Linian came up with questions really close to the start of the show. And... Mm-hmm. So we want to know which two types have the highest dex numbers for their first monotype Pokemon. So every Pokemon, every type has a monotype Pokemon now. Yes. One is flying. Some, some of them happened very late in the game. Which two happened late in the game? One is flying because there's only one and it's in Gen 5 at the end because it's a legendary. And the other is probably okay so uh it's probably between uh dark and um dark oh, happened in gen 4 so i don't think it'd be dark umbreon well 
happened late in the game. That was part of the question. So it's not something that's no, no, not how late. I just want the types. The questions are the types. No, you said you you when you said the question, you said these that happened late in the game. Well, oh no, no, no. I just meant I just meant as like a a, a, that was like a that was just me using a euphemism. So some of them. uh, So which which two? It's not dark because Alula Meowth is single dark type. But it's also the one that happened first, correct? So- exactly. It's actually steel because the first... No. Mm, mm. Does this take into account the type change in... Uh, like, because Mawile was the first mono steel type. Right? And then it turned to a steel fairy, correct? Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't so matter. So the first mono steel type <laughs> is now registered. It doesn't because matter. Because it's still registered. Because so, if you're going with that, then do we? Oh no, we don't. That would work. Oh, very um, wouldn't uh, work. Because then you have. I need. I need an answer. I need answers. You made this too complex. Stop. It's oh. flying. And let's. Do you want to go flying? Flying, one. flying and with Paradis steel. One. Flying oh. and steel sounds good. That is correct on both accounts. Uh, that because flying in tornadoes and registeel. That's why I said it didn't matter because it's either Isle or registeel, depending on how you want to look at it, and they're both correct. It's actually <laughs> not because not? if you count if you count Mawile, then actually Dragon comes like no Dratini's a pure dragon type. You're wrong. Yeah. Oh, that's right, Dratini. Dratini, yep. you're right. So it yeah, doesn't matter. It's flying and steel. Yep, that's it's an flying and steel. Question. I don't like that one. Well, you got it right anyway. You're five for you're, you're five for four right now. You got it right, but it's still an irritating question. I liked it. Question number I like five. This kind of question. As always, is a base stat question, and I want to know what psychic type Pokemon has the highest base HP of all psychic type Pokemon. It's so okay, Galeo. So You've asked this like three times. That actually sounds right, yeah. <laughs> Highest base HP of all psychic types? Yeah, it used to be Wobbuffet and it's now Sol Galeo. I don't believe that. Sol Galeo's got like 137. It's got like a massive HP okay. stat. I'm gonna I'm gonna say, I'm gonna double check myself now, but I'm gonna say you're wrong. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if I'm if I'm wrong then Shun gets to answer. <laughs> We didn't lock it in yet. I, I'm gonna okay, so I'm gonna give you a free hint right now and say it is not Sogaleo. Fine, then I guess it has to be Wobbuffet. What do you think, Shamu? I'm just trying to think of some other stuff to think. Hey, I'm trying to. I, I do agree. It's probably Wobbuffet. It's just I'm trying to like what's Wobbuffet's base HP again? It's like 120. No, it's a bit more. I think a bit more. Because Solgaleo is higher than that. Yeah, it's probably Wobbuffet. I don't. I can't think of anything else that's like like that has high HP other than like that and Solgaleo. Mm, let's see. Necrozma doesn't. No. Necrozma got good defense and stuff, but not like that. Uh, Slowking and Slowbro don't have that much HP. No, they got like eighty or ninety or something. like no, they got hundred, I believe, but mm. not at that point. Uh, and I don't think anything else that's new got it either, so I won't say well, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you, do you want to use the hint or do you want to just go for it? I don't want to go for it. Roll point. the dice. Yeah, let's let's go for it. We're gonna say Wobbuffet. 
That is correct. The answer is mm. Wobbuffet with a base of 190 HP. Sogaleo's wow. got 137. You are completely wrong. I, I have asked about Sogaleo in the past, and the answer is usually for, like, highest attack or something. Steel type. No, it's at the highest HP of steel types. That's yes. what got me confused. Yep, it is usually steel type, and that is Sogaleo, but it is not psychic. It is Wobbuffet. So that gives okay. you guys seven points today. You rolled the dice, and you you won. So let me go ahead and update those point totals for you. These guys are competing, like I said, for $20 of PokemonCenter.com credit up against their co-host friends. And I did not have the sheet readily accessible, uh, but they got a plus seven. So good for them. Uh, <laughs> good. Oh, I there mean, we you go. were very, very lenient. Only on the one, because the question was like intentionally misleading to an extent. Um, so I, I guess. I, so I, I will say that. And oh, wow, this actually changes up a lot. Changes up the board pretty significantly um, because, I mean, seven points is a lot of points for a week. So we're going to go ahead. Data, we're going to sort. And so in first place, we have Basket with 19 points. My favorite thing to carry. And then you've also got Whimsicott in second place with 18 points. Tied for third right now, we have Sublime and Dr. Shamu with 13 points apiece. In fifth place, we have Gator with 12. In sixth place, we have Jushira with 8. In seventh place, we have Scrawn with six. In eighth, we have Viger and Bosephus with five. Tenth, we have Maximus with four. In eleventh, we have Sigma with three. And when bringing up the rear, we have Snag with two. And that is going to be it for Puckles Poke Quiz. We'll be right back at you after this short break with the topic. Ciao. I'm the fluffiest Whimsicott, and I want to tell you how you can enjoy Puckle even more and make it better at the same time. First, join our Discord server. You can hang out with us and a ton of cool people, take part in our tournaments and get all our news right out of the gate. You can also interact and keep up with us on Twitter, on Facebook and on our subreddit. If you love live content, we're on Twitch at least twice a week with all sorts of streams, from viewer battles to shiny hunting to PTCGO. If you want to drop a little bit of your extra cash on us in exchange for cool stuff, we have both a Patreon and a Tee Public store, so be sure to check this out. And finally, there's so much great Puckle content that we're now on two feeds. Make sure you are subscribed to both Puckle and Puckle Plus, so you don't miss out on any of our sideshows. And drop us a review while you're at it, we really appreciate your feedback. Thank you! And welcome to the topic. Our topic today is going to be what makes a Pokemon competitively viable? A discussion about Pokemon. So, I think we'll just open up here with... What makes it good? I think there are definitely... We can definitely say right off the bat, there are Pokemon that are inherently good. We have Lando T as like the prime example. It's inherently good. Even Uber Pokemon, you can say inherently good. That's why they got banned to Ubers. Uh, I would also argue Chiron Black to an extent. I think Chiron yeah. Black is horribly underplayed in the OU tier. And it's, it's a great wall breaker. It's, it's just, so hey, good. Hey, with 170 base attack, you're, you're decent at something. Like You're going to hit hard. How many Pokemon exist in the tier that have a 700 base stat total? None, yeah, exactly. except for Chiron Black. And it, like 700 base stat total is crazy. The only reason it's an OU, in my personal opinion, is because of the ice typing. That's quite literally... It's the ice typing and the move pool to a degree. Yeah, his, even the Kieran White, it's just, you can't, you can't nerf special attack. Yeah, I mean, I you agree. Yeah, that's that's the, that's the reason. You can't nerf special attack. There's no Will-O-Wisp or Intimidate for special attack. And yeah, that, that and is what's black is like physical, and half the people run it special anyway because running it physical you're, is just 
stupid sometimes. Yeah, you generally yeah. run it mixed. You run like Ice Beam Earth Power, and then you just run like a physical Light Dragon and Fusion mm-hmm. Bolt, something like you that. You run. You typically run it mixed ish. Yeah, it's generally a mix with like a Life Orb or a Scarf, etc. But that's something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a there's just a few things. I, I think I think that's a really good Pokemon, a really good example though of just things that are just inherently good. And then there's things that kind of fluctuate. I mean, if anybody follows the actual Smogon tiering, we're also doing this in the Smogon tiering system. I don't. I I think to an extent that needs to just be reconciled because Smogon is kind of where a lot of competitive players say end all be all, and I understand why they collect a lot of data. They run the best simulator on the internet for Pokemon battles. And that they they do a lot more work than I think I'm willing to put into a tiering system. Granted, does that mean I think I, things are wrong? Probably. Um, a couple of bands. I I'm still not a fan of the Age of Slash band. Um, yeah. I'm still not a fan of Landorus Therian not being banned because it <laughs> centralizes the meta. But I, that's what I meant about Lando like being an inherently good Pokemon. It's good in singles and it's good in VGC always. That, it's this is just true. a good competitive Pokemon. That has to do, I think, so what makes a Pokemon good, if we're really going to try to talk about that briefly, I think one is its typing. Um, because if you look at ground flying, that is an insanely good typing. You yeah. are immune to the most spammable attack in the game, which is Earthquake. And on top of that, your weaknesses are water and ice. Those are your weaknesses. Ice type is very common to see on not ice type pokemon because ice type is pretty much the worst off like the worst defensive typing that's ever existed and so you don't see a lot outside of like hidden power ice exactly and land is bulky enough to leave most of those i mean that combination right there on top of that you have intimidate so you're lowering physical attacks so even if there was like a physical attacking ice type move maybe like a mammo swine or something you're you're lowering the attack it's not like uh, Mammoth Swine is going to ice charge you to death if you're defensively bulky, and 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 then on top of that, it gets access to the the most spammable move in the game, which is Earthquake, which hits things hard, and it gets stab on top of that. So yeah, it's just it's a really good typing overall, and that, that's why Lando is good. But I I think it's more worthwhile talking about Pokemon that fluctuate the tiers. Because I think I think this is something that's bigger and more inherent to Pokemon, and people don't quite understand the concept of a metagame. Because a metagame is always shifting. That's why it's a metagame. Because you're trying to break, quote unquote, play the meta or beat the meta, which means people know these things are good. Well, how do you beat the things that you know are good? Right? That's that's essentially the game of Pokemon. There, there's and that's true outside of Pokemon as well, and a lot of other competitive games. Such as, like, I, I would say Hearthstone or even Yu-Gi-Oh! or the Pokemon TCG. And yeah, but I mean, I think it's interesting. It's interesting that if you come at it from the other side, like a few years ago, I was like, okay, let's make a competitive team. And I went to Smogon and I thought, okay, so I'm going to pick most of my Pokemon from the OU tier because those are the good ones. Like, so- that's how I thought back then. And I think a lot of people still do. I okay. I don't think that's a bad thing to do. I personally do because yeah. they. It, it is generally a good place to find the good Pokemon because there's a reason they're in the OU tier. There's a reason people are using them and their usage is so high. It's because they're working, right? And so you could do that, and if especially for a first timer, I think it's a great way to get in. 
I think it brings up the conversation though of um, you'll see things used in OU and you can see things you success use successfully. Like Shamu and I can tell you we've played some really weird sets and some really weird Pokemon and that have seen success in OU. Like maybe uh first one comes to mind is the Skarmory. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking weakness what is it? Weakness policy? No, it wasn't weakness. It was weakness policy, policy uh, yeah, weak it was, armor, skarmory. Yeah, weakness policy, weak armor, skarmory. We we made that work. And like we we play stuff like that. Um, oh no, no, what a weakness policy. We had Sword of Death, but we were using like Rocky and Rocky yeah, and Z or whatever. That was it, Rocky and Z. It was like yeah. yeah. That was so much fun. Yeah. Um and so I can vouch and say that just because it's not in the OU tier doesn't mean it's not good. And it comes up exactly. to it comes to a very interesting point there because you're not just trying to. So if you're a newer player, you, I say yeah, go to the OU tier, find some Pokemon, build a team there because you're going to learn. You have the most, yeah, you have the most success with that. You'll have good success. You'll be able to learn how to play the game without getting too defeated, and that, that's really what you have to do. You just go in there, you play, you have fun. And the real big thing for me personally is I think there's a difference between the number of good Pokemon players and the number of good Pokemon team builders. I think that's an important differentiation to make because realizing something's good is different than realizing... uh, is different than being able to use it. Those are two different things. present company very much included. So, Like, I won a tournament, but I can't team build to save my life. So I would say, like, if I were left to my own devices and probably Shamu to his own devices as well, we're both horrible team builders individually. Together we work well, but individually we're... We're really good together. Uh, like, he and I will sit down and we'll, we can craft a team and it'll be one of the most fun, best teams that we've ever built. And But if we sit down and we sit down separately, we won't do very well. Um I, I also know that I can be handed teams and I'm very good at piloting certain teams, but it's definitely not a team I would have come up with on my own, right? Because in my mind, I have some team building apprehensions. Like, I don't like to see more than one or two choice scarf item or choice items on my team, but somebody might send me one that has like three and I'll play it and I'll be like, man, this actually works really well and I can actually make it work. Um, and that, that's the big thing. I, I think there's a difference between being able to pilot and being able to create. And I think one of those skills is harder than the other. And it definitely takes more work to become a good team builder, which is why you see things like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't want to use Slowbro as an example because I think Regenerator is kind of its own case. But that's kind of the reason you can see some lower tier Pokemon see usage up in these higher tiers because people who recognize, hey, I need to fill this gap on this team that I've been building. They go, well, th- I know this Pokemon in this lower tier fills that kind of role, and it does it uniquely in this tier, and they kind of pull it out, and they put it on that team, and they say, maybe this will work, and it does, right? And I think that's... I, I wouldn't say that nothing, not everything is competitively viable, but I would say a lot of things... I would say, I would say like half the Pokemon for sure are competitively viable in OU. You can make almost any Pokemon work in OU. Yeah, but like there are instances in which, you know, you now some Pokemon are really usable and like if you bring up something like a Leafeon now, it's going to suffer. But I brought a Leafeon to you a couple of years ago and it wasn't so terrible. Yeah. So how like how much does the current meta 
influence how good a Pokemon can be. Like, every Pokemon has limits, but I think for most Pokemon, those limits shift very much with the meta. It comes down with that and, like, power creep and stuff, too. Like, yeah. between generations. That power creep is the main thing you'll see in a lot of games that are kind of technically, are continually updated in a way. Like, Pokemon is, like, every, whenever we get a new game or a main series game, that's the uh, update, per se. Or, like, a new event pops around. Like, when we get the Intimidate, uh... Intimidate, yeah. yeah. Other things big. like Hearthstone and Yu-Gi-Oh! and the TCG, they have much more often because they have sets releasing multiple times a year and new cards are coming out multiple times a year. Mm-hmm. So they see it more often. They're more familiar with it. Pokemon, it's just like I agree. I we're presented think... with a new item, essentially. Like there are aura. That's power creep in a sense because eh. now we have this Pokemon. I think it's not saying it's good, but I'm saying that's an example. Like, hey, here's this update. Not not an update, but like here's this new Pokemon to play around with. Now there's this new factor into the game that we have to work around. Yeah, I think, and that'll change certain things. Certain things will be better. Certain things will be worse. I don't think the meta is as fluid as you might think it is in terms of Pokemon. I think when we get new things like Shamu said, like Intimidate Incineroar, or when we get a new game, uh, it was definitely big when Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon came out because we got, you know, Stack Attack and Blissephalon, and I think both of them are fun. And we so, also got Move Tutors for everything. Yeah, the Move Tutors are also big as well. I mean, the number of things that get to Fog now are crazy good. Like, it, I love it. Yeah, like Rotom with Defog is insane. Yeah, I love it. And that's really, really big things that I think need to be thought about. But um, it doesn't shift as often as something like a TCG. And in uh, in yeah. terms of like you talking about the Leafeon, like if we're going to take that example, I think in terms of like our community, because if you look at our community, we host our own tournaments, we do our own thing. And I I would say that we are a microcosm of our own meta to an extent, because a lot of people in our community, I'm not saying that they aren't good. I'm just saying we're different and we try to do things a different way. And Yeah, I, I mean, we are much more willing to use our favorite Pokemon or just some quirky Pokemon for the sake of it. Exactly. And so you're never going to find OU the team in every single battle in your tournament. Yeah, You're and, perfectly right. And I think that's the biggest thing is that we veer more from the average than a typical probably Smogon tournament would. And that makes our meta slightly different like the, it, we make we create an environment where something like leafeon could succeed and i mean not succeed but suck slightly less than yes. usual where it could work right we create an environment for that and that's something that need, like especially i mean if we're talking in the context of just private tournaments i think that that's completely different but if we're talking about the overarching metagame i don't think leafeon would work yes it's it's one of those things i it's in between what i would call a gimmick and just building a regular team because, yeah, I want to use this Pokemon in OU. Uh, it's in PU because it's a Leafeon or it's NU. I think Leafeon's an NU. And it's uh, it, and I want to use it and I want to make it work. But the problem is it's just like, well, if you want to use Leafeon, why aren't you just using Venusaur? Because Venusaur is already a better Chlorophyll user than Leafeon or is. Or like, why aren't you using, or well, for Chlorophyll, yeah. Or like Tank Growth, for example. Like, yeah, here's exactly. A- here's yeah, I'm just grass, using like, Leafeon because it's cute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly it. <laughs> that's and the so, only reason. <laughs> and and that's why I would classify that in terms of almost a gimmick, because it's just some, it's one of those things you're trying to do just to have fun, and that's fine. I'm not saying that there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Gimmicks are like a big part of this conversation. Leafeon is more like a one-trick pony than yes. a gimmick. Yeah, I think but, it also comes down to um, 
I, I if we're talking about what makes Pokemon viable, it a lot of the things in lower tiers, a lot of them, um, are Pokemon that just don't have they get outclassed, they get outshined. That's the problem. Like, like I said, like you're running Leafeon, why not run Venusaur? Why not run Tangrowth? Both of those are better options if you want something that's more consistent. Yeah, like they don't do the exact same thing, but I get what you're saying. Like they're better competitive grass types. Mm-hmm. I guess like there are some Pokemon that see a lot of usage because they are gimmicky Pokemon. They have one gimmick and they do that really well. And sometimes that gimmick is very relevant to the current meta. But if you look like at their base stats, you say, how can this be good? The only thing they're... I can think of that is like that is Smeargle. Uh, exactly. Like, uh, and that comes down that's to what pool, I was thinking. Yeah, it comes down thing. to move pool at that point. And because like you could yeah. have you could have a garbage Pokemon, but you could have an incredible ability, which isn't the case for Smear Smeargle really. But like it's like move pool, base stats, typing, move. Wait, did I say it's a wait. I mean, we've type, got ability, move pool. Wimsy good for yeah. example, like now it has decent typing because Fairy is a really great typing, and if you edit something, you're gonna increase the viability of its typing by like three hundred percent. But even before that, Whimsicott had that prankster thing. Like Whimsicott has won several world championships, and one of them was just like by using beat up and tailwind with Terrakion. That yes. was really cool to see. I didn't even think of about ever think about that, and I feel kind of like. Wow, that's uh that's what I should have thought about before. Yeah, no exactly. <laughs> combinations. Exactly. That's and VGC though. Like, that's a completely different beast. Like if, Oh I know. It's, if it's we're like, gonna, it's still like that whole idea. If we're gonna talk about competitive viability in VGC, I think that's a completely different beast than if we're talking about something like single. Oh, there there are so many more Pokemon that are viable in VGC. Like, yeah, that's uh, the problem. That's that's really the problem with VGC. VGC, I don't think there is really a team. I think the I think the closest thing we well the the, the closest thing we ever came to was chalk, um, and that yeah, was where like, we had a bunch of Pokemon that were really good together and they worked really well together and there wasn't too much that could beat it. But honestly, I think chalk only existed because the meta stagnated in terms of people yeah. wanting to play it because chalk got really popular at the North American Championships that year. That's where chalk really hit off, and then they chalk did really well at Worlds. And the problem is after Worlds, you have six months, or not six months, but you have four months of playing the same meta, but everybody's getting ready for the next one. And you typically don't yeah. see a lot of growth after the World Championships in that meta. I love the Sun series and how that they changed the meta right after Worlds. I love that. And I think but, I mean, yeah, that's what needs to happen when you have stagnant metas like that. It was like last year or early this year, there was like a month where the thing in VGC was Torkoal Lilligant. Yes. Like, Lilligant. I mean, VGC is a, a whole nother thing, completely. <laughs> a lot of Pokemon have a lot of things that work really well if they can get an immediate boost, and single battles doesn't allow for that. Exactly. Uh, I think a big example of this is Trick Room. Like, yes, you can get Trick Room to work in singles, yeah. but you can take way more advantage of Trick Room in doubles. Absolutely. And yeah, that's and- something that I think that's really the issue, especially in just like the 4v4 format. As if you were to even go to single battles, 3v3, you can do way more with 3v3 single battles than you can with 6v6. I guess I just, like, where I wanted to go with this entire topic was helping people realize that there are 
way fewer Pokemon that are really, really bad than people tend to think by looking at Smogon Tears. I, I mean, I've said, I think I've said this before. I feel like I'm, I'm just like a broken record. But there's definitely Pokemon in these lower tiers that are incredibly viable. And it's just it, they're just kind of waiting for somebody to use them, like find the way to use them. I guarantee it. Like you could find something that's going to perform and take you to like fifteen hundred on the ladder right now, if you go down to these lower tiers. I mean, an example of this: Gastrodon. Gastrodon did really poopy until recently, and he got moved up to OU. And uh, same with Slowbro. But I, like I said, Regenerator is a completely different beast because Regenerator just they drop down and then come back up whenever Regenerator is popular. Yeah, and Quagsire kind of did like the opposite thing. Like yeah. a year or two ago, it was UU or even OU for a short while. It was OU and when, now... when Gen 6 came out too. Exactly. That. And now nobody's really using it. Uh, nobody's using it, but I, I think it's only because Clefable is doing such a good job at being Clefable. And... Yeah, it's essentially it's just a water ground type of Clefable that had a couple different options, really. like uh, We've also seen main... a good number of Pokemon that can counter... We've seen more grass type usage, I think, in Gen Seven yeah. than we did in Gen Six. Yeah, yeah, and oh, it, yeah. it also like the only thing that really Quagsire does above Clefable is just unaware haze, really, mm-hmm. like that. I guess like water skull, but you can burn too, but that's not. I mean, much above. it has a it has a really good typing. Like if you need if you need an electric immunity on your team, or the, the, the real problem is it just doesn't. There's too many too many grass types running around now. Like you can see yeah, a couple good exactly. grass types. I mean, Tangrowth I think is the prime example. Tangrowth wasn't as popular in Gen Six. I don't know why. I thought Tangrowth was amazing in Gen Six, but it still was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was still good I back think, then. And it was I think in Gen Six there was like once um like uh, Mega Pinsir came out, there was a oh, lot of birth spam going on. Yeah, well, like between Gale Wings, a Talonflame, that's and it. Talonflame. Talonflame is the reason. Never mind. Everything. Never mind. Talonflame is nope. literally the reason that the Talonflame is the reason that Quagsire is down now. Actually, never mind. But but that's that's another part of like of the topic. Like sometimes it takes very very little for a Pokemon to become viable or to become unviable. Yeah. Well. That, that's true. Probably bigger though, because Galewing got completely nerfed. Yeah, Galewing. They they were they did so much to hate uh, to hate Talonflame in Gen Seven, and that's fine. That's perfectly yeah. fine because I mean, it, it was getting bad. Like Talonflame was really broken in Gen in Gen Six. Like it was stupid good. I would argue that Lando needs a similar treatment. But I know it's never gonna get it, so it's, I'll just give like, my So corner. the problem with Lando isn't that, like, if you took away Intimidate, it's still a good Pokemon. <laughs> like, I would be perfectly fine with that. Like, I would probably see it on like forty percent of teams instead of fifty percent of teams, and I would be appeased. That's true. I don't know. That's it, that's it, the big thing. It's one of those what ifs too, because like if they did it like right after, it's like okay, it's no big deal. Gen five or Gen six, Lando T got nerfed, but it's been a while, and then people like you change its move pool. Well, then you can just still transfer it back up with that old move pool. And mm-hmm. if they get rid of Intimidate, what will they replace it with? They're just gonna give it like Frisk? Probably not. It is a legendary. They're probably gonna give it something. Give it levitate. maybe pressure, but even then, pressure can still be a problem at some points. Honestly, um, honestly, honestly, I would give it levitate on our balloon, but. <laughs> that's just me 
Levitate and... Rotom fan. Here we go. <laughs> exactly. But um, no, it's the thing is, as you said, it's still a really good Pokemon. Yeah. And the fact that it has completely dominated the VGC meta and the singles meta ever since the day it came out. Eh, okay. It just okay. So it just means you haven't been paying attention to, I, I think, a lot of the metas. I think since Chalk, Lando, Lando's been present. But I think you could say the same thing um, since Chalk with Zapdos. Zapdos has been just as present. And that's really... Um, I, I think, one, Lando left a bad taste in our mouth in Gen 6. It really did. And so we we all hate it to an extent. And in singles, yeah, it's still really prominent. But if we were to look at VGC, I think Lando usage is so low right now comparatively to where it was. It, it, still, exactly. it still pops it's up every once in a while. Thing. It pops it's up every really once in a while. High. It's not there that often, though, because, um, I mean, I did run one uh, back in St. Louis, but I I don't think a lot of other people were. That's the big thing. Um, there weren't too many other people doing it. There's a lot of there's a lot of good usage otherwise. So just keep that in mind. Uh, this is a good place to I stop, guess, though. Yeah, I guess uh, I'll just say Zapdos will never annoy me as much as Lando T because... It's not like it's not as offensive as Lando T, so it's never going to destroy teams the way Lando T can. It's not as hey. versatile as Lando T. It's almost as good, but it's not gonna completely destroy your will to live the way Lando does. You've never played a good Zapdos, apparently. <laughs> but I don't know if you no, played against. No, look, 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 look. Zapdos, Zapdos is. Is typical the kind of Pokemon that at one point you realize you have no way of killing, mm-hmm. and then you just want to die because the Zapdos is not gonna die. But I've never seen a Pokemon do that and then proceed to destroy your team at almost the same time, the same way that Lando does. Yeah. Ninja with Protein and Gunk Shot. Yeah, there we go. There's another one. Okay, but sweeps. <laughs> it's not also like unkillable well it is if you can't catch it yeah Uh, yeah, the thing was with greninja that speed was at a point where like maybe one or two things could like okay and i'm gonna and i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you that now lo that got banned it did get banned from ou yeah okay i'm not gonna go into i'm not gonna go into that too much because because the answer is i think if all of us really wanted if all of us got our way, Lando T would have been banned from OU a long time ago. And yes. it's not our decision. That's that's the problem with that. Um, maybe the people tearing maybe love Lando T a little too much. I'd love to see a Lando T, um, a Lando T missing leather. meta. Yeah, suspect ladder. I would love to see that. I think the meta yeah, would shift so have, drastically. Like they had, like they had scoldless UU. We want Lando less OU. Yeah, that's that's about it. But I don't want to turn this into like Lando T should go away. The argument I am contractually required to be salty about Lando every time I'm on the show. <laughs> All right, this is a good place to end it. We will uh, take a short break, guys, and we'll be right back at you with the Pokemon of the episode. <laughs> And welcome to the Pokemon of the episode. The Pokemon of the episode this week is National Dex number 637, Volcarona, the Sun Pokemon. It's Pokemon Ultra Moon Pokedex entry states, 
According to legends, it was hatched from a flaming cocoon to save people and Pokemon that were suffering from the cold. Okay, so before we start with anything real that matters, um, I would just like to point out that its Japanese name is fantastic. It's Olga Moth. And yep. it makes me so happy on the inside. Like, I, want, I would be okay with that also being the English name. Not gonna lie. But Volcarona is not a bad Pokemon by any stretch of the imagination. It Despite is, being four times weak to Stealth Rocks. That's the only thing. Which, uh, if, if, it did, if it wasn't that, it would probably go to Ubers. I'm not going to lie. Because its stats, are yep. dis- its stats are distributed so well. It's one of those things that Game Freak was like, yeah, we want this to be good. And because base 85 HP, base 60 attack, base 60 defense, 65 defense, base 135 special attack, base 105 special defense, base 100 speed. They're just like, yeah, this thing's going to be a special attacker. Let's go. And then they gave it moves to back that up. They're just like, hey, quiver dance. So now you can get a plus one to special defense, speed, special attack, the three stats that he cares about. Fiery dance is a move that he gets as well, which allows him to just get a boost, a special attack boost, maybe. Like fifty percent of yeah. the time, yeah. all the time. Yeah, it's absurd. And I mean, bug and fire typing aren't terrible either. I think they're decent it's, types. Well, it's the only Pokemon with that typing. Which yeah, is the only way. It's also the only Pokemon that has a double weakness to the rock without being a flying type. Yep. Yeah. Which then in turn makes them the most vulnerable to entry hazards. They take damage from rocks affected by spikes, toxic spikes, and sticky webs. So they yeah. have to get hit by every hazard. Wait Wild. for that bug ice type. It's happening. Okay. Yeah. If you if you if you have a Volcarona on your team and you don't have a Defogger, that's not Volcarona or Rapid Spinner. You don't love your Volcarona enough, and you should not be allowed to use it. Also, it's got a decent shiny. Good for it. Yeah, it's got like it's, it goes I through like the original, original. like tortilla chips. I I prefer the original, but it is a good shiny. It's yes. actually a good shiny. So like, it, it, I mean, good for it. Nice job, Volcarona. You're doing well for yourself. But I mean, yeah, with those stats, you could totally run into the OU, which you can. <laughs> uh, and it quiver- also has good coverage. Yeah, you run it, Quiver yeah, Dance, Fire coverage. Blast, Bug Buzz, HP Ground, boom. Throw a Bugnium Z on it for fun times. And I mean, HP Ground just because freaking Heatron and yeah. other Pokemon are everywhere. But honestly, it gets Psychic, Giga yeah. Drain, Hurricane. Yeah, those- My favorite set for a little while was Psychium Z. I Psychium love Z Psychium really Z. Yeah, I love that one too. I just there's one set that I love the most. That's not I don't know if it's really vital anymore. It was a Rain version where you run HP Water and Hurricane. That's crazy. Wow, awesome. I love that. You, you just like it's like bug by the HP Water Hurricane. I want Supersonic Sky Strike. Um, Supersonic Sky Strike Volcarona to be a thing. I used it in the PDL. That's got to be a thing. Like. I want to make that. I a used thing. it in a PDL and Good. it was so much fun. Good. It oh. was a suggestion uh, by um, who? Oh god! It gets rage powder too. What? Good on you, Volcarona, gets- trying to be a support mon when you shouldn't be. And it gets Giga well, you Drain. Can, you've got that flame body. It gets you could, Giga. Yeah, rage powder take the burn because it gets Tailwind as well. Oh yeah, my it gets gosh! Decent support stuff. It's a it good Pokemon overall. Any- Exactly. It's a really good Pokemon. Like, if you can keep it from getting hit by super effective physical moves, mm-hmm. it can be a good support Pokemon in VGC. Because technically, you, you get Heat Wave, you also get oh. Defog that you wouldn't run on it, but you get it. 
Oh, you my get gosh. Willow Wisp. Volcarona. Stop being so good. Just stop. He's so. Solar Beam for Sun for Sun gimmicks. You get Roost. Uh, Roost he... was actually used on a couple of. I have seen. I have seen Roost on it before. I used. Yeah. I used Roost back in Gen Six when Volcarona was a thing. Volcarona is that what you said? Yeah. Volcarona. Like, yeah. Like Bulk and Skull. Volcarona. You made it. You made it bold, and there was a very specific EV spread. That you that. used, and you made it bulky so it could survive anything while it quiver danced, mm. and then you went to town. I loved that set; it was amazing. So Volcarona doesn't have any really good cards. It has one in rotation, um, obviously at stage one because it needs to go. Shining Legends, the one, yeah, Shining okay, Legends. Heat Cyclone. Yeah. Once per turn before you attack, you may have your opponent switch their active Pokemon with one of their bench Pokemon. So it's like, uh, I guess it's like an escape rope, but just for your opponent. And the attack isn't that good, though. It's no, just, it's, you may switch, right? Um, so you may I... have your opponent switch there. Oh, so, so they get to pick. Yeah, they so get to like pick. The, so it's like escape rope, kind of. Well, it's 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 more like the uh, Volcanion Prism, which you pitch a water to have them do that too. Ah, okay. Well, this one does it for free. You don't need Volcanion. Yeah, but it's not. A, it's a stage one on a basic. Yeah, and so it also for damages it does uh one fire one colorless heat blast for 60 not that great but the volcarona from steam siege is cool because it was one of those cool dual type cards they did for that one set for whatever reason and it's shiny and uh for one grass energy it does shimmering scales flip a coin if heads your opponent's active pokemon is now confused if tails your opponent's pokemon is now paralyzed both of those are good things um and then for three colorless it does power hurricane uh, for 120, but unfortunately, you have to discard all the energy attached to this Pokemon, which is not worth it. No. So that's unfortunate for you, Volcarona, but you're a Pokemon, let me tell you, uh, in the Pokemon TCG. I want Volcarona GX. That needs to be a thing. All That'd the Pokemon we talk about need a GX. Like all of them. And so, yeah, Volcarona is a good Pokemon if you want to do something competitively, if you want to do something. I think it's also really cool in Black and White 2 how they gave you a, like, a level 35 one pretty mid-game yeah so like you can I, actually run through the game with it yeah i appreciate yeah. that uh, i really do appreciate that volcarona is just one of those weird pokemon in gen 5 because it was it's the second latest evolution i think it's after the, high oh, dragon it's, it is. it's the longest to evolve through a single stage exactly Hydreigon was like 61 or 63 it's 64 but it's three stage evolution yeah, yeah. But Larvesta, go, you need to get Larvesta to 59 just to get Volcarona. And I think the only way to get Larvesta in Gen 5 is to hatch it from an egg. Yeah, that you get given. Yeah, you that sounds awful. Catch one Volcarona. Yeah, that sounds Yeah, awful. it's one of those really great Pokemon that you can't really use through the game that it first appears in. I think that's a real big problem. shame. Yeah, I think that's a real big problem with Gen 5. Mm-mm. There's Gen a lot of weird things that. they did that weren't really... I mean, it's also a problem in Gen 7, which they slightly fixed in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Yeah. I should but, play those again with, like, random Pokemon that are, like, broken. I I enjoy the later games because they've just been giving us, like, a huge plethora of Pokemon. Gen yeah. 6 was really good at it, and then Gen 7 is... I think Gen 7 is pretty good at it, too. They give us a good dose of Pokemon. The problem I have with Gen 7 is I thought back in Gen 6... When they were, they made it possible that in Gen Six you can catch all 721 Pokemon at the time. That mm-hmm. they were going to move that forward every generation. They're going to make that possible, and they just didn't in Gen Seven. And that makes me a little sad. I'm hoping in Gen Eight when we move to the new console, 
like hey between all of the games on in this generation you can catch every single pokemon that's what i'm hoping. we'll see that's i don't know i don't know i i feel like gen 6 was like a reset button into an extent with that um it was like it managed to be both a reset button and a culmination of yes at the same time yeah it just gave you a new place like hey if you started playing in gen 6 you can catch everything and instead of being like well i can't catch everything because the only way to get this pokemon is from gen 3 uh Mm -hmm. which i don't think actually ever happened i think the farthest back you'd have to go is maybe one or two generations um every generation because i think um gen 4 had a problem where you couldn't get tangela (laughs) unless you transferred it from gen 3 and and they gave it an evolution in that generation yeah and (laughs) stupid so gen 5 gen 5 was gross it had a lot of problems um like you couldn't catch pikachu and Uh, that's not a problem Okay, okay, fine. I'll stop being uh, negative about Pikachu because honestly, lately, it only took 22 years, but it has started to grow on me. It's not even that. It's just like, if that's going to be the mascot of your franchise, why can't I catch it in your game? Because it's a break from every Pokemon game before it, and maybe they went a tiny bit overboard with it. They realize that. Let me tell you, they realize that. Yeah. And <laughs> at least they realize something. All right, but that I guess that's Volcarona in a nutshell. Does it have any cool, uh, cool stuff Trivia? to talk about? Yeah, it does. All right, got a couple oh. others. Like what? one that oh. I really like is that Volcarona and Antler Vesta actually are the only Pokemon that are neither legendary nor mythical that learn a move upon reaching level one hundred. And that's Fiery Dance for those of you. At yep. Home. And it's the only Pokemon that can learn it. <laughs> and are like honestly. The entire origin section on Bulbapedia is gold because Volcarona is a really great Pokemon which has a ton of inspired details in its design. Oof. So we're not just going to sit here and read Bulbapedia out loud to you because that would be bad podcasting. Just mm-hmm. go check it out. Yeah. All right. And so that's Volcarona for you guys. If you want to check out more stuff, check out the Puckle Discord. Check out all the other cool Puckle stuff like the YouTube if you want to learn more about competitive battling. And so we will kick it on over now, guys, to the mailbag. It's mail time! It's time for the mailbag! Send in your emails! And welcome to the mailbag. The mailbag, as always, is brought to you by the Green Toros Company Energy Drink. The energy drink that gives you hooves. That was sloppy, but that's okay. Welcome to the Mailbag segment, the segment of the show where we read your emails. If you send them into PucklePodcast at gmail.com, we typically have a prompt. And I just wanted to know what you guys thought about the Masuda interviews last week and see what you guys think about Pokemon becoming too easy, becoming too hard. So let's jump right on into it with this first email from Aurora Baker Nam or Aurora. Yeah, we're just going to say Aurora. All right. Dear Puckle. I'm so excited that Niantic has released the Sinodakingo. I normally can't buy Nintendo consoles, so I haven't played many of the games, but I have played Pokemon Pearl as it was the only one in the second-hand shop. I'm so close to finishing the game and have a much-beloved Empoleon in my party. Mm, good choice. So, so happy that Niantic has released this and go. 
For my birthday in November, I am buying myself a 2DS XL, which will be my first proper console. The only other console is the DSi, which I played Pearl on. DSi, that technically belongs to my mom. Oh my god, this listener is so young. I feel so old. Um, <laughs> I know this isn't to the theme slash question prompt, but I'm worried I will buy Ultra Sun and Moon and a new console just for Nintendo to release the 2019 title and potentially a new console. Unfortunately, I am very impatient, and I was wondering if I should buy the three if I should buy a 3DS XL in case the 2019 title has a 3D oh, feature. No. Okay, stop no, right there. don't do that. Stop. Don't, do it. don't go to the store. Stop. Exactly. <laughs> the 2DS XL is all you need. Okay, but okay, stop there. Uh, the, the 2019, 2019 game is on Switch. It's going to be on Switch. It's going to be on the Nintendo Switch. Nintendo already released this console like a year and a half ago. <laughs> exactly. I, I like maybe she means like a new console as in like the Pikachu and Eevee switch. Like uh, she said if she should buy a 3DS XL in case the 2019 title has a 3D feature. Exactly. So no, that's what bothers me. Don't do switch. that. It's going to be on the switch. Like exactly. yeah. go buy a switch and go buy. Let's go Pikachu and Eevee. Have some fun with that. Tide you oh, over man. into the new games later in the year for later in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There is also a problem of let's go coming out, which looks really fun. And I can play on my dad's Switch. Oh, Switch. oh, that's the problem. Oh, thank God! I love this family. Like the okay. mom, <laughs> the dad has a Switch. Yeah, like, new age kid I, I still, right here. I still don't want to know how old this person is. No, I don't uh, either. So, where should I hand Nintendo my money? Sent by a new British listener. So, yes. if you, yeah, I recently ahead. finally caught Palkia in Pearl and named it Tardis. No. I approve of this. Somebody's from the much. UK, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> she, I assume it's a she. She does say she's from the UK. Yep. So. <laughs> New British listener. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're okay, so if you have access to a Switch and you can play the, you can already play the 2019 game. If you want to play Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon that badly, go get yourself a 2DS XL. You don't need 3D. Nobody uses it. She has a 2DS XL. She has the perfect console to play Pokemon. Yeah, oh, that's what you should do then. Just do that. That's all that matters. 2DS XL, man, that's a Pokemon machine. Just do that. Yeah, that's it's it's nicer than this 3DS one, honestly. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's much more appealing. Yeah, 2019 game, though. Not going to be on 3DS. It's going to be yeah, on no, Switch. Yeah, it will be a Switch thing. They've, they've, they've came out a while back and just said that they're not. It's just, yeah. All yep. right. So our next email is from... Hutiku? Hutiku. Hutiku. Oh my gosh, they tell us how to pronounce it. And I'm an awful person. Hutiku. I'm going to give this one to you though, Shamu. Okay. All right. Hello, Puckalonians. Hutiku here, longtime listener and first time emailer. Going to try to keep it short here. I don't think Masuda hates competitive Pokemon, but man, he doesn't like to make it easy for the competitive community, does he? How many people can say that they played competitive Pokemon in Gen 4 or even Gen 5? Me. <laughs> yeah, I played. I played a little bit. I got in towards the end of Gen Five myself. Um, I raised my hand I'm as my... if he could see it, but yeah. I, I said me. <laughs> I, I myself have been playing the game since the very beginning, but didn't even consider competitive Pokemon until Gen Six. Ah, yes, Gen Six finally making competitive teams more comprehensible. Breeding for IVs, abilities, and EV training finally became a little easier and even easier in Gen Seven. However, why make it hard at all? If they want to make competitive, make competitive communities grow, why do we have to work so hard to make a competitive team? 
and I won't even talk about soft resetting for good IV legendaries. In a meta in a meta and format that are constantly evolving, look at look at games like League of Legends of wait, of, of any wait. I don't know. Like League of, oh, I think it's of, supposed to be or instead of of. Or oh yeah, or any competitive first person shooter games that have the biggest competitive gaming communities in the world, and all that players need to do is get good at the game. I'm not saying it should be like Showdown where we can get everything we get anything we want, but make, maybe make things like Golden Bottle Caps very easily accessible after beating the game, and make EV training similar to the punching bag mechanic in X and Y, but much faster. But that's just my humble opinion. Would love to hear what you guys think. Hootku. I'm not reading that. All right, that's, so that's, <laughs> there <laughs> is actually like a near instantaneous EV training thing. Yeah. In Gen Seven, yeah. and nobody uses it. It's the bouncy houses in Festival Plaza. Yes, a lot of people true. just don't use Festival Plaza for myself because I I don't touch it other than battling. Yep, That's I, it. I, I don't touch I it. I use it for leveling up. Like I use the kitchens for leveling up my Pokemon. Yep. So, yeah, no, there are ways to do and, it. And then outside of that, I don't know. So, in terms of my opinion on them making it difficult, quote unquote to get into competitive i don't first of all from being a player that played back in gen 4 and gen 5 you kids all have it easy yeah Um, gen 5 was pain you guys you kids have it easy because you can pass on five ivs when you breed okay and your legendaries have a guaranteed three perfect ivs so you know i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it Because uh, back in the day, too, that was when, like, hacking was a main thing. Like, if you hack, like, you're going to win because you yeah. have all these perfect IVs. You yep. have these perfect it was, it was You have I, no issues. I think competitive was, Pokemon was a different thing back then because, like, if you played legitimately back then, it was definitely... A, if you played against somebody who hacked, they were going to win because there was no way that you had a Pokemon with five IV, five perfect IVs. There was just no way. Like, maybe you, you one could or guarantee, two? You yeah. could guarantee three. You could get three. And that was it. Everything else was yeah. just luck. And Exactly. I think where it is right now is really good. I think they I think making you work for it to an extent is good in a couple different ways. One, I think it keeps the Game Freak, one thing that you need to understand about them is they're always really into keeping the feeling of being in the Pokemon world there, even present in the in the competitive game. And by doing that, like if you go and you breed these Pokemon and you train them up, you still feel some sort of connection to your digital pet and I think Game Freak really likes keeping that in there to an extent. Like, I put time and effort into this. I really appreciate it, right? And exactly. I, and I think... It, it is I that way for a lot of competitive players. I'm you sorry. You could argue that it's not hard. It's just a bit tedious. Yeah, it's just tedious. And I think... It's tedious and time-consuming. I, I think that's honestly the only thing to it, though. Like, you, you feel like you've had some investment into it, so you feel good. And even just talking to competitive players who I know don't hack they do feel this way to an extent, right? They're just like, that's my Incineroar set. They, they, it's a little bit more of um, a possessive way of playing and like coming up with your ideas. You get a little bit more possessive of your, your ideas if you don't hack. And that's, that's the real big thing of it. And I feel like that might get lost if we got exactly. to something that was stupid simple. And that's something that makes Pokemon Pokemon. And I don't think they're trying to really... Honestly, I don't think they really care that much about the competitive field. I think they want to have like a worldwide championship, but I don't think they want it to be ultra super competitive. 
I'm not. Yeah, and lie. they don't want it to be like the purpose of Pokemon. Exactly. They don't want to make their children's game into an esports. That's not what they're trying to do. Exactly. It's not. It's not exactly. Call of Duty and League of Legends are more like they're not trying to make it like one of those esports. Yeah. But earlier this year, they legit came out with a thing in Japan called oh, P-Sports. That's right. So let's 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 look at the context. <laughs> it's more like, uh, like. It's not our purpose to be an esport, but since we can be a kind of an esport yeah. with very little effort, and being an esport is good for the business, why not? That's why they're they're not going to kill it, but I don't think they're I don't think they're actively trying to make it a thing. So that uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, yeah. All right. So this next one comes from Red Seven, who <laughs> he requested that I read it. So I have to use a somber voice, he said. Uh, let me get let me get into the scene. The last thing I remember is concluding my nightly run at Veterans Park, a historic tribute to our nation's armed forces, filled with nature trails and soccer fields. The soft, rhythmic pitter-patter of my shoes hitting the pavement echoed throughout the night as I reached my car in the parking lot. During the day, this park was alive and vibrant with the lads of children and grown-ups alike shouting in excitement as teams from all over the city gathered together to best each other in sport. Tonight the park remained silent and desolate, save for my sound for the sound of my controlled breathing as I reached for the door handle of my car and I noticed a figure moving in the reflection of my car's window. Before I could react, I was struck from behind. I awoke to the sound of chorus of chants, my head swimming in a haze of confusion and pain. As my senses returned, I noticed that I had been bound, gagged and placed upon an odd stone my back began to creak in discomfort as i looked around to identify the source of the chanting surrounding me were eight hooded and cloaked figures kneeling and bowing low before me behind them were no less than 10 figures also cloaked and hooded instantly i was flooded with an outpouring of slow ag- slow emotion anger that i had hadn't been more aware of of my surroundings regret that i might never see my children again sadness that I would never get to experience my first Giratina raid. But most of all, I felt fear. A fear that whatever was was coming would be slow, agonizing, and messy. In an instant, the chanting ceased, and one of the surrounding ten stepped forward. 107 souls we have gathered here on this, the most unholy of nights, the figure spoke in a, slick and vi- in a voice slick with violence and steel. Spiritum, please accept this, our 108th and final offering. Become whole once again. The night air dropped, and I began to see my breath leave my mouth. I began to panic as the figure brandished a large, rusty dagger from underneath his cloak. No, that wasn't rust. It was blood. He slowly raised it over his head. I shut my eyes and braced myself for impact. What in the world are your nerds doing? Boomed a loud, authoritative voice from within the trees. Instantly, our surroundings were illuminated in a flash of blue and red lights while the sound of a siren sliced through the suffocating silence. Immediately, my would-be attackers fled in all directions, leaving me in a sobbing, pathetic heap. A police officer emerged through the dense foliage with a pistol drawn and ran to my aid, removing my gag and untying my restraints. "'What kind of Dungeon & Dragons crap are you kids getting up to, son?' demanded the old officer as he looked to and fro, seeking congregation that would escape him." It's not Dungeons and Dragons, officer, I muttered as I pulled myself off the rock and massaged my sore wrist free from their bonds. It's Pokemon Go. Later days, Red 7. 
Red That's Seven, thank you because I like I spent like three days this week trying to figure out a way to make this a Halloween episode, and then we didn't, and then you did it for us. <laughs> so thank you. That was amazing. <laughs> and All right. So much. Like so funny. So this next one uh, and our last email for the night is uh, going to be from Shira. All right, I've got so, this one. That's how we're going to end everything. <laughs> Hello, Puggle Peeps. Hope you are all doing good. Useless features. Okay, okay. No one has said it yet, I think. But the guy who thought giving Rotomdex a voice should not get any cake. I don't know about you, but when I see text on my screen, my eyes sick it. And when it's just Rotomdex blathering, and it's a fixed amount of sentences, you end up reading the same stuff over and over again. So even though it may be a bit brutal, like grab a screwdriver and take out the voice box. About Melton, huh? That's not that brutal. I do worse. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, and I are delicate, young, not so young girls. Uh, So yes. About Melton, they are onto us. They know the design sucks, and is a weird cheap data knockoff. So they are trying to make it cute. That works for me, at least. Uh, it, it also works on me, Shira. Like well, the second trailer was kind of adorable. He is adorable. I still, I still think it's the worst mythical so far, design-wise. What do you think? The evolved form looks too much like Reggie. Like, yes, like I agree with Shira one billion percent. It's like Meltan yeah. became the Hulk. That's how I see it. He's the Hulk. <laughs> got swole, you won't dude. like him when he's angry and has a lot of friends. Exactly. Became just like it. <laughs> it's like it's like when we had we had that old ad about the incredible muck you won't yep. like him when he evolves it's the same thing <laughs> also how about giving us some of the adorable pokemon back that we couldn't transfer like the spiky eared pichu and the ukulele pichu from ranger there was an ukulele pichu in ranger yeah it wasn't in, uh, it was in it was in one of the rangers it wasn't in all of them how did I miss this awesome thing? Like, okay, I don't play Pokemon Ranger. Maybe That's I should why. have. No, anyway. no, no, don't. No, because don't. I... because I, <laughs> destroy your DS. Exactly. Yeah. I like my bottom screen. Yes. <clears throat> awesome games. You can always get a new wrist once you're done playing them. Yeah, but you also have to get a new 3DS. So. Yes. I have five. <laughs> <laughs> Just borrow one. I've got like game four, freak. I think. I have... Three. I have um, more than okay. any human being should. It's fine. <laughs> I think I have five too now. Looking at what I have right, I here. have three. I have three active ones. They all have different purposes. We can get into this later. Like, I have, I have four, but, but I gave one to my sister, so that's okay. Game Freak can dish out some new fries for those if they have time to make Melton. Uh, I mean, yeah. Oh, by the way, there's one thing about Melton we didn't mention. Its Pokedex number is eight oh eight, and Melmetal yeah. is eight oh nine, and Shut up, everyone else. Perfect. Oh, and please make synchronized work 100% of the time. Yes, since I found Shiny Cartana twice, and my sinker failed. Oh, no, Shira, I feel for you. I'm sorry. By the way, there is an event in the Sun and Moon or Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon games, I believe. The synchronized ability is 100%. I think it's for the second Cosmo later in the game. And for Type No. And for the Silvali. Uh, yeah. Type Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, for now, have fun, you guys. Love, Shira. Well, thank you, Shira. 
Well, I don't think you can make synchronized work 100% of the time. I think that would be too stupid. Um, Because I... I, Okay, so imagine a regular game playthrough. Exactly. And you have a synchronizer at the front of your party, and you're going through catching Pokemon. That's not a good time. Like that's that's my biggest concern is more and that's that's honestly where Game Freak's bigger concern is going to be as well is how is this going to ruin the end game thing because honestly if we think about things like synchronize and um, a couple other things the reason that we use them is because Game Freak gave it to us and we're kind of exploiting it we're exploiting Game Freak's game we're not they're not making that a feature for us mm. they, they just made it a feature and we're exploiting it that's the way I, I see mean, it I mean like. Yes, but it's on both sides of that too. Exactly. At the same time, like, look at the Masuda method. Like, they keep giving us stuff that makes it easier to shiny hunt because they know we shiny hunt. Yes, that's true. So I like I would not be against a held item that makes synchronized work one hundred percent of the time. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. You only use it in the post game to shiny hunt legendaries. That's and do it, it doesn't influence like the the playthrough. I'll, that I'll was like a toggleable that. item or something like that. Kind of like how you have shiny charm and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just something extra you can get a hold of to like turn on and off. I would m- more think like something that you a whole item would be better. Nice yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just saying just something like even if it was that level like a key item or something, just something to do it. Oh right. Well, this is where we're gonna end the mailbag. Do we think that badge? we want to give the badge to anybody? That's where I was going. I didn't forget. You all think I, I forget, think- and I do, but not today. Mm. I think it's either going to be Aura or uh, or uh, Hootku. Aurora. 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 Yes. Aurora, you get the badge. Done. Uh, you go to the Discord if you want it, uh, if you're old enough. Uh <laughs> And so that is where we're going to end. If you want to send an email next week, you can send it into pucklepodcast.gmail.com. The prompt for next week, it doesn't have to follow this. You can just email me about your favorite cookie. But I would like to know, um, I would like to know what are some of your favorite competitively viable Pokemon? And what are some of your Pokemon that you like to use that aren't typically competitively viable? But you think you can make them work? Send that in, pucklepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to do some more Puckly Quill things this week, you can check out our Discord. The link is in the show notes, as always. You can always check out our Twitter, Facebook, Reddit. All crazy things get posted there as well. You can always always check out our YouTube now, which has content that should be flowing in a semi-regular manner for at least the duration of the WWTC, and maybe more so when the UUTC gets underway. And if you want to uh, check us out, and help support the show, you could do so in a couple different ways. One, you can check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash thepucklepodcast. You can watch me and Jushiro stream it up. And if you want to donate money there through bits, that's more than ha- we're more than happy to take that. If you would like to use our Twitch Prime subscription or an actual subscription on Puckle, we appreciate that. We also have an exclusive emoji on Twitch now. It's a burn heel. Um, oh, so we have if- it now? Yeah, it's up. Uh, cool. So if you subscribe to the Puckle okay. Twitch, you get the burn heel emoji. Finally, if you want, uh, I would suggest checking out T Public, where we have a bunch of cool stuff, including the new Puckle logo that's finally up there. You get to put that on a throw pillow, on a t-shirt, on a poster, whatever you think would be the best way to do it. We really, really like that, and I'd appreciate seeing you guys uh, spend some money there. If not, don't worry about it. Like We just like you listening to the show. And finally, if you want to be a bit more direct, you can go to patreon.com slash pucklepodcast and support the show over there. 
where we give you a bunch of cool stuff, including a live show once a month. Um, we also give out Pokemon. We give out Puckle TCG cards, a bunch of cool stuff. So definitely check that out if you're interested in that. And that is my spiel. So I am Trainer Thatch. I'm Dr. Shamu. And I am the Flaxius William Secret. And here in the Lavender Sound Radio Tower, it's closing time. Thanks to everybody at our Patreon for supporting this show. Thank you to Viger, Duly Noted, Ten Little Men, Andrea, The Fluffiest Whimsicott, Dr. Shamu, Snag, Dexio, Jushiro, Rotted Mushroom, Bosephus, Alvarin, Seth Vilo, Minor Manetric, Claude Nine, The Beauty and the Geek, John, R. Sigma, Doc McStuffles, Nathan, The Golden Klefki, Trevor, TJ, Doc Knox, Shambles, Birdkeeper Cobra. Daniel, Trey B31, Greg, Alec, Mikey, Ozzy, Jedi DJ, The British Gent, Sparky, Nick, Dylan, Shira, Ironcaster, Orange Avenger, Michael, Clifford, Joseph, Hazelnut, Thomas, Michael, Curtis, Echo, Anime, Gravy, Travis, Inferno, 235, Alex, and The Real EV. Because of you guys, we can do a lot of cool stuff. And just a reminder, you can get an Alolan Golem named Margaret that is shiny just by depositing a Dupider named Puckle onto the GTS until Thursday, October 4th. So go and do that if you want to get some cool free stuff, guys. I can't wait to talk to you guys later, and I will catch you on the flip-flop. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.